Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to the WrestleTalk Podcast. I am Luke Cohen, D-A-D, your gem in the jar holder. And I'm joined this week by Tempo T. Yu-Gi-Oh, the gem that champion. But oh, for how long? That is the question now, isn't it? Considering I won't be on the SummerSlam live reaction, so it won't be then. Are you going to Roman Reigns this? Where you're Maybe. Where you do any of the live reactions? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, sorry there, buddy. I can't do any of those streams now. Ah, you hosers. I'm, <laughs> you just, hoser? I'm taking this belt back with me to Canada, eh? <laughs> you're actually going to take it back to Canada. I, don't, I hadn't considered that. I hadn't considered, I'd, I'd really rather not put this in a bag and risk having it just go. I'm not taking this as carry-on. This isn't going in my carrier. I'll just wear it. I'll just yeah, wear, I'll wear it. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like Road Dog used to say the story in the um, it was a shoot interview I used to have with uh, Road Dog. It was when him and Billy Gunn had reunited yeah, yeah. as the James Gang. Yes. It was there. I, I'm sure I, I know like almost the exact one you're talking the about. I can picture really bitter. One yeah, they they're prom- mad at Triple H. Really so mad. mad at Triple H. Yeah. So mad at Shawn Michaels. Like Billy Gunn at one point calls Triple H a no good mother effer. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it was when they were like they were calling them out on like TNA and stuff. Quite embarrassing. It, like, it really Paul is. Levesque, Michael Hickenbottom. It was quite embarrassing. It it is that is what a lot of people accuse AEW of doing. Where it's like this makes you feel very low rent. Oh yeah, I could, so my forum days uh, back in that time, yep. arguing till I was blue in the face that it was good mm-hmm. uh, because it was creating internet buzz. Yes. Like, and bearing in mind, this is like 2006. Yeah. Uh, and like the in- internet buzz then was people on forums. Yes. It, people it was... on the F4W uh, message boards. Yep. And... Oh, oh, for me, the smartmarks.com. Yep. I was on the smartmarks forums and I was hanging, so I was blue in the face, and people were like, the guy, people just argue back to me correctly. I, you know, I now realize being like, what buzz is this creating? Yeah. Their, their ratings are exactly the same now. The exact same number of people know about this show. This is doing actually nothing for them, but is apart from make them real low rents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, but on that, what was the point I was going to make? Something about Road that, Dog and going road through dog. the airport with a belt or something. That's it. So Road Dog, he used to make in 
like they, they you know they're talking about like tactile wins and stuff like that right. and he was just like as i you know it didn't really matter or anything and billy gun pipes and was like yeah this guy like don't listen to what he's saying there when we fun first won those tag belts he wore them through the air <laughs> tremendous he would put them in the back of like the car and stuff like on the parcel yeah. shelf so that if people were behind them they knew they were driving behind the wwf tag team champions he was or so... just a few geeks he was one yeah. replica belts <laughs> and would put them in the back of their car yeah and he'd be like oh you didn't know but uh yeah he was like <laughs> super proud to be those tag champions but in like 2016 like no i'm cool i don't even yeah. care about those belts i'm not a mark for belts i'm not a mark for belts bro remember that uh promo that hogan did when he was in tna it's basically just like hey do you remember that thing in tna podcast yeah i might even start that as a podcast series hey, hey do you remember, remember that, that in TNA? yeah it's not a bad idea hey, put it on patreon hey do you remember when tna did this um where hogan and they did that like backstage report show mm -hmm. that was meant to be like a reality tv show yeah I'm, I'm familiar and it was shot like all like steady cam and this and the other yeah like, like a free freestyle and he um he said on there is like i mean people around here just talking about how many fake belts they've won like what does that matter <laughs> brian alvarez went off on one on figure four <laughs> of the brian finish show it's like because then what's the point of the show if yeah. we're just standing and saying well, these are fake belts like you wanted to win loads of them hogan why did you care yeah i genuinely the best brian and vinny shows they ever did were like reviewing tna from like 07 to 2010 the adrenaline, or so. adrenaline flush era yes the adrenaline flush is the best era of that show and honestly it's nowhere near that level of course but i like to think of myself reviewing nxt <laughs> these days as being along the same lines of just like I'm not at the point that like Dave got to with TNA years down the line where he just like he review it, didn't go into detail about anything. He's just like, here's what happened. It was bad. Move on. Not at that point yet. I'm still getting worked up every time I watch it. And those years where they would get worked up during an entire episode of TNA That's every amazing. single week. Wah. Barbed wire Christmas tree yep. is an all time classic. I, I remember how sad I felt and actually like gutted I felt. When Vinny V announced, it was like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not reviewing this show. I cannot watch this show anymore. In the same way, I felt the same level of gutted when he just, it's like three hours of Raw is too much. Yep. And I'm not watching it live. Yeah. Like, I will watch it on Tuesday where I could fast forward through things and, I can get, and then we'll review it on Wednesday. And be like, really disappointed because like Tuesday you'd have Brian and Vinny would go up first because they would record it like directly yeah. after Raw had finished and you'd listen to Brian and Vinny and then you'd have Brian and Dave's review which was like you know the different side of the story because yeah. it's Dave Meltzer like more serious side of things but just hearing like Brian getting like Brian and Vinny getting so wound up the two guys in their late 20s and then to their early 30s just hated the show yeah that was glorious yeah and those Raw reviews were good like all the way to the end because mm -hmm. there were still times in like 2015 where Brock Lesnar had come back after killing Michael Cole the day after WrestleMania. And Michael Cole was like, oh my, <laughs> Brock Lesnar is back. And he went off on one about how Michael Cole is just like a puppet. Yeah. And then you fast forward a few months later and you had like the whole Divas Revolution rant. And it was still great. But being a content creator in wrestling now, I'm just like, I would have my own breaking point at some point oh, too. Yeah. 
And I can't blame him at all for getting there. It's just the way that people were saying, like, oh, you watch the show so I don't have to. And, you know, we kind of suffer through things like SmackDown and everything now. That He was that to me. And when he gave that up, I was like, oh, no, this is a really good Raw review. I know. I really missed the Impact reviews. Yeah. And I, I really, like, for Brian and certainly for Vinny, it wasn't even the the show got so bad. It was just that I'm done caring. Yeah. Like, the show is just nothing at this point now. And this is a waste of my time watching this show. Yeah. Like, they weren't doing, because Russo was gone, Hogan was gone, Bischoff was gone. There was none of that crazy nonsense that they brought to it. It was yeah. just, I don't know, Bully Ray is taking on Magnus in the main events. And it's like, what is there to say here? Yeah. Yeah. It, it is what it is. And. They're still here. Impact's still here. Oh, I know. They, they will be the last one alive. In some cases, I mean, I can't use the word thriving, but hey, they are doing way better than anyone would have expected. They're doing better now than they were. Yeah, absolutely they are. Like they, yeah, they've good got product. Speedball. Yeah, they've got Speedball and a million other like really talented men and women. Sammy Callahan, Jordan Grace, Havoc, Mia mm-hmm. Yim. Like, they have got the best women's division on the planet. Like, it is an, an astounding place impact. It It's really, you know, it, it's inspiring to see almost that they're still... Yeah, they're still going. Still going. Because <laughs> yeah. if, any, if any promotion had... More than enough excuses to throw in the towel. It's that one. I mean, they've Still had here. they've had more owners than yeah. I can even think. More TV stations. More like I've learned the names of so many yep. TV stations that Remember I never Pop would have. TV. Pop TV. Pop TV was a TV network that just told you what was on other channels Mm -hmm. and they but uh, then apart from at nine o'clock on Thursdays when Impact (laughs) was on for two hours. Oh, those days. Oh, bless TNA. Anyway, we're not going to here to talk about TNA. We're here to talk about Monday Night Raw. And we're kicking things off with Brock Lesnar opening the show, injecting a little something that this show has been missing. Here it is. So, Brock Lesnar coming out. And yeah, he did. Brock Lesnar promo. I've seen this promo before. Because it's the same promo he was cutting before WrestleMania. It's the same promo he was cutting before Crown Jewel. It's the same promo he was cutting the last time that they had a feud. Mm. And he said these things. Paul Heyman came out. Do you know what Paul Heyman said? The same things Paul Heyman said before Crown Jewel. The same things Paul Heyman said before WrestleMania. It's the same things Paul Heyman said on SmackDown. It's the same thing. Theory's the only new factor here. And all he did was come out and be like, hey, do you remember that bump I took at Elimination Chamber that wasn't very good? Yeah. We're not going to show you the full thing because it, <laughs> it shows how it wasn't very good. <laughs> and yet somehow, I came away at the end of this segment. It was like 20 minutes long. And I think it's helped by the fact he gave Otis an F5 throw and announcer's table. That helps. Where that I was like, thank I mean, something happened on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this show and every WWE show these days are reruns. And it's fine if you can accept it. And if it gets to the point where at least, at least this had some action in it. It's not like the Roman Reigns reruns that we get on SmackDown where we just get the promo. 
and that's it. Doesn't beat people up, doesn't do anything cool, doesn't nothing. Dude, this show opened with a recap of Roman on SmackDown, and it was... What was the recap? He said nothing. He said, I'm glad to be here. There's people who hate me. There's people who like me. But when I'm here, business picks up like hell it does. And it was, that was it. That was the recap. And I was like, I, I, okay, look, full transparency. I don't watch a lot of SmackDown. You're not missing much. Some would say anything. I listen to you and Pete's review. And I, and I kind of, every time I listen, I was like, well, Nothing for me to catch up on this week. Not even looking at the YouTube clips. Yep. But this was a recap where it was like, Roman said some words, and that was it. That was what WWE chose to be the, look how hot this program is. Better buy Peacock to watch SummerSlam. This is why you don't miss SmackDown, because you'll miss <laughs> moments like this. Like, again, it, you can take any one particular segment involving these two guys and just like view it in a vacuum. And if you just watch from start to end this segment of Brock comes out, he cuts a decent promo, Paul comes out, he cuts a good promo, he puts over both guys, and then a brawl breaks out, that is totally fine. I've also seen it a million times, as you said, before Crown Jewel, before Day One, before WrestleMania, before all these shows that we've been having for so long now. So much of the last year has been this exact same segment. They were even doing these promos before the Royal Rumble, and they weren't having matches with each other at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Genuinely. Like, I would love to know how much time over the last 12 months has been building to just this match. And I'm sorry, it's not that interesting. Granted, it's the most interesting thing on this show. Right? So I'm happy that Brock Lesnar threw Otis around. I was watching this and going in a just world, we would have gotten a Brock Lesnar versus Chad Gable match by now, and it would have been awesome. Yeah. I, I, but it's all right. I'll take a nice, fun brawl. And that's all it was. Like, Theory cut a promo saying, I'm going to cash in at SummerSlam. It's going to be on either you or Roman, but I'm going to have my foot on your chest, and I'm going to announce the youngest universal champion in history, Theory, this and the other. There was such a debate that broke out in the office over this. You say debates. You said something was wrong, and I corrected you. Yes, and then we continued talking about it, and thus I call it a debate. (laughs) This is their stupid thing, though, isn't it? It's the same thing where The Miz says that he's a two-time Grand Slam champion, or the only two-time Grand Slam champion. It's like, well, you're not, because I can show you how you're not. And they're like, no, under this very specific set of circumstances, it is this thing. Yeah, And Theory going out there and saying, I'm going to be the youngest WWE Undisputed Universal Champion ever. There's literally been one of them. Yeah. And he's saying is saying it as if it's a significant thing. Like, you're not supposed to question the fact that he's a heel it's, and saying it's this. It's branding whatever. for him, isn't it? He's I the hate young, it. He's the youngest United States Champion. He's the youngest Money in the Bank holder. He's going to be the youngest this. That's enough, though. Youngest Money in the Bank is true. I don't want to be told branding and be like, well, that's not true. It just, but it is true, Tempest. If he <sighs> if he pins, stop it, you WWE Roman, employee. If he pins Roman Reigns and wins the champion. He will be the youngest undisputed Universal yeah. Champion in history. Yes, by default, because there's only been one. The two the sweetest, sweetest words, words in the English, English language. language. Default, default, default. default. <laughs> 
which is actually a better name than theory. And <laughs> <laughs> it is. Oh my god. But then Alpha Academy ran out and they brawled with Brock Lesnar yeah. and Brock Lesnar just got this big smile on his face where he was like, mm, fresh blood. Yeah. And he threw Chad Gable around and he threw Otis around. He threw some stairs into Chad Gable and then he put Otis through the announcer table with an F5 and I was like, hot damn. That promo was nothing. Heyman's promo was nothing. Theory's promo was nothing. But I've ended this segment with a smile on my face and some life was injected yep. into this show. All I want on my wrestling show is badass people being badasses and kicking ass. And I got that. You got that with Brock. That, and he's one of the few WWE babyfaces that will get the opportunity to do that. So it's part of the reason that I love Brock Lesnar so much. Yeah. He's he's great, and he gives me moments like this on this show that make me feel like I have a pulse again. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, am I excited for the SummerSlam match? Nope. 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 Ab- absolutely not. Like, this didn't do anything to sell me on that match or be excited about their their rematch. You um you've actually done more to kill my anticipation for this match that, that I didn't have a lot of anyway. In the SmackDown <laughs> review, when you said the last time Brock Lesnar pinned Roman Reigns was four years ago. Four years ago. Like, oh, no, you're right. They keep talking about Brock's the biggest threat to Roman. He's like, hasn't beaten him in nearly half a decade. The last time he pinned Roman Reigns was WrestleMania 34. <laughs> it was so long ago. Yeah. It was cause... so long ago. We've had two different studios since then. <laughs> Like, the last time Brock beat Roman Reigns was the cage match where it was like, well, Roman won, but they said Brock won. Yeah, in Saudi Arabia. And that was still over four years ago. Why are we pretending that Brock Lesnar, like, has Roman Reigns' number and Roman Reigns needs to be concerned about it? I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. I ain't ain't excited for the SummerSlam match. This did nothing to excite me about it. But given how bland of a show Raw has been, like, I feel guilty when I do my edited reviews of this. Because honestly, when I'm doing my recap, I'm just like, yeah, there's a show. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like I, just, I need to be giving people more. Like, I should be like yeah. trying to, you know, inject inject some life into my own review. But also at the same time, I'm like, I don't have much to say. Like, some matches happened. It's such an St- uninspired show. Uninspired's a really good word. There's no passion in this show. Not from the wrestlers, because you can tell, like... Guys go out there, and they are trying. Rollins. Rollins goes out there, and he's cutting his promo, and I can tell there's a lot of effort being put into his, his performance. He still believes this is Monday Night Yeah, Rollins. Yeah, and fair play to that. Absolutely. I I love that. But the production of this show is just so meh. Yeah, and I'm not inspired by And I think it, I made this point in my edited review as well, that... Wrestle like okay that that shows where we have to get to. SummerSlam is WrestleMania rerun. Yeah, it's the same main event. It's the same Pat McAfee versus Midcard heel. Mm-hmm. It's the same Logan Paul celebrity match. And now we're looking like we're getting Bank, uh, Becky versus Bianca again. So mm-hmm. there's another WrestleMania rerun. And the only other match that they've announced is Street Profits versus the Usos, which I literally just saw at Money in the Bank. Yeah. So I'm going into SummerSlam being like. What am I supposed to be excited about here other than the fact that you're telling me it's the biggest party of the summer? Yeah. And this is where it gets a little bit confusing for me because for years, SummerSlam kind of was that. Like, hey, we're going to do like the people are going to come back together in their storylines by midsummer and maybe the ones that will carry on will go through the rest of the summer. We'll see. 
Like Undertaker, 2005 is like a good example. I think like Randy Orton and The Undertaker would wrestle there. Mm -hmm. Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle had the rematch at SummerSlam. There were a bunch of different years where like at least the top match or two would have their return match at SummerSlam. And that to me is fine if you give them a new emotional significance to be having that match. And I think they're doing that fairly well with Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair because I like Becky Lynch's promo on this show, which we'll get to. But everything else is like, we're just doing it again. Yeah. And that's not good enough. Not, not for me, it ain't. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Uh, but anyway, what did you think of the show? We'll be reviewing the whole thing in full uh, once we got through some of your ultra chats. Join the conversation, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Get your thoughts heard. Uh, we are kicking things off here with, man, two whole chats about it. <laughs> uh, Jack Nichols saying, uh, hey, uh, hey, hey, I hope you peeps are doing great. Lesnar was great, but imagine if WWE had spent the last two years building new stars and developing characters that didn't have to rely on him instead of dick about and releasing comedy stars. Never mind. I have a real thought about this as we get to the main event of this show. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, we'll save that for then. Uh, Riot DR says, hey, oh, not a fan of the term, but I am a Chad Gable stan. Ergo, I am torn. The beatdown was fantastic, but it was my boy Gable. Alpha Academy is just there to remind people Brock Lesnar is strong. It's a sellers beat Bob and Rocksteady <laughs> to Austin Theory. Aww. I mean, okay, there's worse people to be. Indeed. I like 
I feel like this is as close as we'll ever get to Brock Lesnar versus Chad Gable. So, like, I will take some solace in that, but also just give me that match. Uh, Charlesburg, last week Luke mentioned how nobody in the office would play Shredder's Revenge with him. That remains true. Uh, this is unacceptable, and someone needs to play the game with him. It's not nice. Luke, who is your favorite character for me? It's the same as when I was a kid. It's Team Donatello. Charles, it's the same for me as well. I am Donny all the way. He's got that reach. Uh, it is still a tremendous game, but I have literally played it twice. I played it once on my Todd, and I played it once with Andy, and that was like two days after the game came out. And it's been like <laughs> four weeks or so, and I have not picked up the game since because his office is still playing Fall Guys. Some, some, just let's get the switch in here, and we'll play Mario Party on our lunch breaks. We can play Shredder's Revenge. It's literally yeah, right there. Bring too. a switch in for this. I'll do that too. I'm not the problem here, Luke. You, I'm open to, you, to change. You say this, Tempest, but everyone says this. Every time it's brought up on a show, Sullivan has said this. Peter said this. And they were like, "Yeah, that's cool." Every time we sit down to sit at our lunch, what are we playing? Fall Guys. Well, yeah, I don't pick up the controller. I'm not making that decision. So what we're saying is Adam's the problem. Of course. Adam and, Adam and Terry are the problems. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pick on them. They're not at work today. <laughs> uh, Bart Viking says, Can we please remove Tempest from the post-Smackdown show? You all love Tempest, but the man looks like he's being held hostage <laughs> in the same show every week. That's someone who will appreciate the greatness of Smackdown do the show. Ah, uh, naturally. Yes. Instead... Let's have them review Raw, too. <laughs> <laughs> In the span of seven days, you have reviewed SmackDown, NXT, and Raw. I Within uh, the last seven days, I've done every podcast. Oh, yeah, you did AEW I did AEW, well. and I did NXT. Utility player. Yeah, bro. Uh, and lastly now for Joe Strikes. Uh, I said this during the Money in the Bank review. Theory uh, would cash in to be the youngest to ever do it, and Luke laughed at me, saying it's not going to happen. I still believe it's going to happen for McIntyre or Finn to win in the UK show for a moment. So I, I've got to try and remember what Joe said here. Oh, I think Joe was talking about how like Theory cashes in and then Finn and then like Drew wins the title at Clash of Ca Clash of Castle or something. And I think and I I know and then he said Finn Balor. And the reason I laughed is because it, it was the idea that Finn Balor is going to win the world title. Right. Um. I mean, unlikely. McIntyre winning is way more likely mm -hmm. than than Finn Balor winning. Poor old Finn Balor. But uh, I still don't even think it's going to happen there because I don't think Theory's cashing in at SummerSlam. I don't I think, think so. I think either. Bobby's going to beat him up so bad in the match that he is taken out of the building and taken out of the arena to remove the element of will theory cash in. And all this is doing is just to try and add intrigue into a match that has zero intrigue going in. I think you've hit the nail right on the head there, brother. Thank you, dude. So, yeah, we had that recap of Roman on SmackDown, which was nothing, and then we had Brock opening the show, which was fun. Our first match came nearly half an hour into the episode. Sounds like Raw. Like, those, the bell rang, and I was like, man, half an hour has passed at this show. And it's Rey Mysterio versus Finn Balor. Amazing that this is a first-time-ever matchup. Boy, ain't it? Like, I saw, like, the, the graphic came up, and it was like, up next, Finn Balor versus Rey Mysterio, and I went, I would want to watch that. That's like, I would book that for like WrestleMania or SummerSlam or like a really big show. Like I saw those two names next to each other and it reminded me of like All In when Ibushi yeah, and Rey yeah, Mysterio yeah. get in the ring and everyone just gives them a standing ovation because that's a big deal. 
because you can make these things a big deal if you just treat them like it. Well, we'll get to Champa in a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, like this was one of those times, like, so Priest cut this promo, uh, you know, hey, it's 20 years of Rey Mysterio. Where was his show? Like, where was his celebratory show? Nonsense. You can't have, it's not your 20th wedding anniversary if you get divorced for like five years in the middle and get remarried. <laughs> well, that's why he hasn't had a show. <laughs> that's right. why he hasn't had a celebratory <laughs> show. Because he, hey, he left. He got fired. Um, but yeah, so like, uh, they showed footage of them attacking Edge. Balor cut this promo. And I'll just write my notes here. Why is it that Balor feels really cool in NXT, but he's a lame heel on the main roster? What is it specifically about main roster writing that made Finn Balor seem uncool? Because he, I don't think he's a character. He's a caricature. Like in NXT, he was like, he had promos explaining his actions. And he was like, the main event is the blockbuster movie down here is broadway you have to be great to be down here and he like you don't have any of that on the main roster it's like i'm wearing pants now we are the spooky group yeah so. you know they, they give reasons for attacking edge i think you know, like i don't think anyone buys it it doesn't help that Did this they, is like was it a real reason when he's the one that won that match at backlash pinned the other guy let's, let's not and then they said we're you're the reason we're not successful the only guy on the team who wins let's not get into this now uh, but I think it doesn't help that this is like their second match since that. And like last yeah. week was the match that they lost. So good going them. Pin Balor did win here. So good going. Good go, Finn. Uh, he hit the coup de grace for the win. And it feels like ages since I've been able to say Finn Balor won. In fact, it was May. It was the last time he won a match on TV. Goodness me. That's that's a depressing thought. I mean, yeah, yeah I don't really have anything to add about yeah, it. it. I just fine. wish the same way that I keep bringing up on SmackDown that I would like to care about Walter versus Ricochet or Walter versus Nakamura or you know Sami Zayn versus Drew McIntyre matches like that. Pete Dunne and Drew McIntyre can't care about it because WWE. I wish I could care about Finn Balor and Rey Mysterio, and that would be like a really cool, big, huge main event match. Nah, I not here. Like travel back in time three years and tell your like three year younger self. There's gonna, the main event of SmackDown is going to be Drew McIntyre versus Pete Dunne. Mm -hmm. like, sounds oh, great. Oh, that sounds awesome. That sounds real cool. And you got to wait those three years to get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, ain't what, it ain't what you expected. The monkey's paw curls in. <laughs> <laughs> He's scrappy-doo now. <laughs> Uh, we then had, um, yeah, is there anything else to add to that? Oh, I, I think... They're trying to recruit Dom. They're trying to recruit Dom and his terrible haircut. Um, it is the worst haircut in WWE. I'm really hoping that Rey Mysterio has an epiphany at some point that this is not the place for Dominic to succeed as a pro wrestler. And, like, that's why he signed with WWE after All In was to get Dominic back in WWE, give him a place to, to go and learn and blah, blah, blah after he was done training with Lance Storm. Don't think that's in his best interest. Like, yeah, he gets to be a WWE superstar and everything, and maybe that door won't be open for him if he leaves. I don't know. I think he would be much better off, like, going and training at a few different places and just getting the lay of the land from different promotions, different styles. I think that would be really good for him. I hope it happens. Uh, if I'm to give my predictions here, I think we get the tag match at SummerSlam of the Mysterions versus Judgment Day. Dom turns on Ray there. And that's where we get our Edge return. And we mm. have the reuniting of oh. Edge and Reg Mysteria. Because, like, Edge is in this reflective mode. Yes. Like, all of his spooky promos that he's doing is sort of, like, looking back on his career. So he's got beef with Judgment Day for kicking him out. And, mm -hmm. you know, re-tagging with Reg. And those two will be, you know, former SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Yeah. I well, WWE Tag Team Champions. Do which apologize. Which I believe 
are the Raw Tag Team Championship. Are they really? Yeah. Oh, the lineage. Yeah, the lineage goes back that the Raw Tag Belts are those belts. So even though those were the ones on SmackDown, yeah, uh, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, we had Bianca Belair versus Carmella for the Raw Women's Championship, a rematch of Money in the Bank. Um, I, I thought during this match that man, we have got a bit of a dead crowd here. Like I think Brock Lesnar, like everyone was really excited to see Brock, but like whatever Brock did, it sort of killed off this crowd. And then I thought that until the final match when everyone came alive again, I was like, mm. oh no, it's just they're excited for a handful of people. And right. unfortunately in this match, they weren't into Carmella as a threat. So they gave Carmella some like really close near falls to win the title. Good offense too. Good reversals of big moves. Yeah, and, and she hits her super kicks. And, again, these, and the commentary were like, oh my God, that was so close. They were trying to make it big, but the crowd... Commentary is one of them. <laughs> yeah, and the crowd were like, nah, I don't buy it. So they didn't really get into the match much. And Bianca, uh, sorry, Becky Lynch opened this match by cutting a promo saying that she wants the match with Bianca Belair at SummerSlam. And at the end of the match, she, like, they telegraphed, so they telegraphed that this was going to be a count-out victory because they had the referee shouting as loud as possible that he was counting. Mella and, Be and Belair brawl. Mella, Bianca Belair throws Mella back into the ring. She goes to get into the ring, and Becky Lynch grabs her leg. And Bianca turns to her and goes... What are you doing? What are you doing? She gets off the apron to be like, what are you doing? While the referee is going, eight, nine. What are you doing? And she got counted out. That's for her my trials. leg. That's not your leg. And that was it. And so Carmella won via count out. Yeah. She grabbed the belt. She posed with it. And then Bianca Bella laid her out after the match. So who's the real winner? It's Carmella. And like. <sighs> I felt like this was supposed to be the exclamation point on the Bianca Belair Carmella feud. Right, that was my understanding. Like, we end this one here, and then we start the we restart Becky Bianca, which, mm -hmm. by the way, I still think is far too early to be running this back. I'll get to that in a second. But if anything, this made it feel like we're heading towards a triple threat feud. Yep. Don't like that. Yeah, unless I'm in, like, I'm not into Becky Bianca because I've I've just seen that for an entire year, mm -hmm. say for like the last month and a half. Yep. So. I'm not ready for this to be run back yet. Like, mm -hmm. I agree with you. Hey, you know, this big match at WrestleMania would do is a big match at SummerSlam. Problem is, they were also feeding from SummerSlam last that year. Is a big, that is a big caveat to, to WrestleMania. that. They had, like, countless matches and stuff. So I've seen them do this, this feud and this storyline. Having said that, I'm actually way... I'm into it way less with Carmella involved. Because mm -hmm. at least if it's just those two, I can get her a great rematch from WrestleMania right. that was a banging match. Like, probably the best match of the weekend that didn't involve Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> Which was the match of the weekend. Of course. That's one of the matches of the year. Absolutely. According to our list on PFK. Yeah, I I think just as I've gotten older, I just like three ways less. Huh. You know? I just maybe maybe it's when I'm looking at like I had to look to the camera there to be like a hello matron. Just too much going on, you know. <laughs> you gotta satisfy too many people. <laughs> It's too many things to focus yeah, on. Yeah, there's too many things <laughs> That's to focus on. the TV's on. on. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, yeah, I'm not into this story as a three-way story. The same way that I would have preferred, like, kind of any combination of dudes at Forbidden Door over, like, the main four-way that we got. Yeah, I hear you. You know, it's just, it feels less focused this way. And there's a better story to be told from just Bianca and Becky and Becky feeling that she's been wronged and this arrogance that she has and everything. That is a much 
more concise and focused story if it's just one to one rather than Carmella also running around and being me too. Well, no one th- no one and it also seriously. means that Corey Graves is going to be insufferable at that show. Like, and because like it's because no one buys Carmella as a no. threat, and like, and why would they? Because she got beat with- so cleanly at Money in the Bank, yeah. easily and cleanly. Yeah, so like it that that doesn't work for me. I kind of agree with you saying as well. Like I think my my favorite three way match that I can think of in the most recent times is uh, Kenny Omega, mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy, and Pack. I do recall. Which was, which is an incredible match, and, I, yeah. and it was one of my favorite matches of the year. But if you actually really think about it, Omega Cassidy probably would have been the better match, and actually, really, the story was more towards that than it mm-hmm. was Pack's involvement. Yeah, and. That's the thing. That's not to say that triple threat matches can't be great. Because be great. that one was great. Awesome. There's been a lot of very great matches that have been three ways or four ways or whatnot. Just from a storytelling and booking perspective. Like Walter said, I don't like three ways. Because a fight is one on one. And you have a winner. A better man or better woman emerges from a one on one fight. I agree. I like that story a little bit better personally. Uh, we've got a recap of Champa from last week aligning himself with Miz. Then we've got a spooky promo for Edge. Uh, it was the one that we've seen previously. And then we got Miz TV with Tommaso Champa, which was really just Miz cutting a promo on Logan Paul. Um, poor Champa. Yeah, poor Champa, man. Like, Why is he involved in all this? Like I said this on my editing review. If you'd have told me two years ago, Tommaso Champa's going to wrestle AJ Styles on Raw. I'd have been like, oh man, that sounds dope. But the reality is, he is a lackey to the Miz in his feud with Logan Paul. Yep. It, yeah. Yeah. That's just just once again, it's been 15 plus years of this for me where they're just like, oh, and we're going to put the Miz and John Morrison together and the Miz is the star. It's Miz and Alex Riley. It's the Miz and, it's the Miz and this person. It's, we're going to use this person to get the Miz over. It's like, why? So, like, I mean, people have a pop of me in the comments being like, you've got an anti-Miz agenda. Because I, 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 I think... <laughs> I'll be very open with my anti-Miz well, agenda. Like, I think there are people who confuse him being there for 20 years as a mark of he's actually good. Right. Whereas actually, the reality is he's just been there for 20 years. Mm. Um, and, like... Someone said to me in last week, I can't remember if it was on the podcast or it was in the, my edited review, or someone sent me a message on Twitter saying, like, you're really harsh about The Miz. Look at all of the talent that he's elevated since he's uh, since he's been on the main roster. And I sat there and I leant back mm-hmm. in my chair and I thought, who do you think he's talking about? Not a clue. Not a clue. Who has The Miz elevated? There's been a lot of people that have attempted to elevate the Miz mm-hmm. and have all failed in doing so. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a single person still working in WWE today, even or even in AEW, that was elevated by working with the Miz. That the only one that I would imagine someone would say would be something like, "Well, Daniel Bryan got over wrestling with the Miz." It's like, well. Okay. But that again is WWE knowing that they're bad, mm-hmm. like using their own terrible storytelling as a crutch to be like, look how good at storytelling we are because right. we've paired the greatest wrestler in the world with this chump over here, The Miz. That's here to annoy you, wrestling fans. Yeah. And then Brian gets over in, in spite of that. Right. And then they can turn around and be like, and the Miz helped elevate him. Exactly. It's like, I think he would have been fine. He'd have been absolutely fine. I think fine. he would have been fine. So it's not even so much that they're like, they've still got Miz on TV doing whatever he's doing. He's going to wrestle Logan Paul. That's fine. I think that's a perfectly fine 
spot for him to do at SummerSlam. I'm, I'm sorry, because I'm, a few people are addressing this comment. Damien Sandow. Sandow got himself over. Oh, Sandow, okay. Sandow. In, in that partnership, Sandow elevated himself. The, the Miz did not elevate Sandow there. No. <laughs> no. Where is Sandow now? <laughs> how did that work out for him? How, how was he elevated afterwards? It's not he's on TV interacting with The Miz and is therefore being elevated. Elevated means you're higher than where you were before. Money he in the was bank. like fired afterwards. He was taken off TV for a year. He was Macho Mandow for a month, and then they didn't see him again. He was Money in the Bank previous to that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, you're yeah, right. Like he's got this match with Logan Paul. I'm sure it'll be grand. Yeah. I I couldn't care. I less just don't need Champa to be involved. In no, it when and he I, could actually be something. And nor AJ. No. Because it's gonna be AJ and Logan. Yeah. At Wrestle uh, at SummerSlam. Yeah. Against Miz and Champa. Yeah. And I feel there's just like two real good guys that has been dragged into this nonsense. Yeah. And I feel like it's a way to extend this. This Miz Logan thing out, so we'll do have another match between them, probably in Saudi Arabia. Where they'll, do the, <laughs> they'll do the singles match there. But this was a tag match here with Ezekiel teaming with AJ Styles to take on Champa and the Miz. And boy, with, was this match just fine. Without Kevin Owens, Ezekiel is nothing. He's a dude. The He's joke is dude. that he looks like Elias. That's it. And if you don't have Kevin Owens there, and now that we know that he isn't Elias. The joke doesn't land anymore. It's like, okay, what do you want then? So he's just a guy. Yeah. What is your goal? What's your motivation? <laughs> Where are we going with this? It's the same thing with like the fashion guys on SmackDown where it's like, it's a funny joke. You told it now. Yeah. What's the next part? And it's like, no, no, no. You get it. He's Elias' brother. Hey, did you get that he's Elias' brother? <laughs> and they just keep telling the same joke over and over and over again. Like, yeah, I get it. He And see, you could probably do a little bit more of something with this with, like, a better wrestler. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that, like, Elias is a bad wrestler or Ezekiel's a bad wrestler, but it's, like, he's kind of one-dimensional. He's never been, like, a super worker or anything, so it's not like he can carry his performances with this weird thing. It's like, okay... His weird character is the whole thing. Uh, the other name that's yeah. coming up in the chat there is Bad Bunny, because as we all know, yes. Bad Bunny was a nobody Before in this world until he wrestled with The Miz. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Like, thanks to The Miz, he's finally <laughs> selling some records. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was a rough couple of years with yeah. Bad Bunny prior to no that. No one knew who he was. So I saw those tweets. Um,. Anyway, and, but anyway, we haven't even got to the crux of this yet, which was the terrible finish. Yes. <laughs> so in the finish one, one of many. if you have not seen Raw yet, AJ Styles had The Miz in the calf crusher and Champa ran in and he broke that pen, he broke that submission up. And the referee looked at this and was like, DQ. I love when they do this. And by love, I mean hate. <laughs> and so, so this is a, a quote-unquote secret rule in WWE, but it's a secret rule that only ever comes out every now and again, yeah. which is like, there's this unwritten rule in WWE tag matches where you have a limited number of saves that you can do. So mm. if you mm. jump in and do a save, that's one. If you jump in and do a save, that's two. And I think you can get like three strikes or something like that. And if you, if you save... If you jump in and break up a pin more than three times, then you get DQ. I mean, in the, in the one great instance that this has ever been used, like the NXT match with Undisputed Era and Mustache Mountain, it was yes. one. 
You get yeah, one, you get one. breakup, a submission, breakup, a pin attempt. And that's why Tyler Bate had it. to stand on the yeah. apron. Oh, was it? It was it. Tyler Bate was on the apron. Or was it? Uh, yeah, I think Bate was on the apron and, throws in and the saved towel. his mentor with yeah. a bad knee. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't have a secret rule. No, it has to be a rule. Particularly when I literally just watched the Street Profits versus yeah. the Usos at Money in the Bank, where they were yeah. diving in left, right, and center to now, break up pins. There's also apparently some sort of secret rule when it's like a legal man can attack a not legal man, but an illegal man can't attack a regular participant and yeah, all yeah. that sort of thing. If you say so, there is. <laughs> yeah. like every so often, like I, I, there was, I don't even know when or the circumstances of this, but like Big Show pulled John Cena's leg out of the rope when they were both in the match, and they were like, "Yeah, oh, it's a DQ." And I think it was like the main event of Raw, yeah, like you know, probably 2012 or something like that, and everyone was like, "What was this finish?" Like Big and Show, we're still getting it. Big Show putting his own foot through a table, yeah, and losing a tables match. That was brilliant. <laughs> I will hear no slander. That was my favorite table match finish ever. Big Show's That's most hilarious. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> The thing is, I can't get into that finish because I was there during the 2000 period when, like, Jeff Hardy would clatter himself through a table and be like, well, it's not the end of the match because they'd have to do an offensive move Mm -hmm. through the table in order for that to be the finish. I, well, that was an offensive move. He didn't just step. Cody drop kicked. He was like doing his step over the top rope deal, and Cody drop kicked his leg, and he stepped backwards, so it counted. No, it doesn't. It, it, it did though. You WWE employee. It did though. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, that uh, was a bad finish. Riddle and Lashley had a chat backstage about Stranger Things, I guess. Yeah. This this is what happened in this segment. Riddle goes up to Bobby. And Bobby's like, oh, I'm going to make Theory pay. And I was like, for what? You beat him at Money in the Bank. Like, you beat quite handedly. You beat him at Money in the Bank. He's like, oh, I'm going to make that Theory pay. I'm not sure why. And then Riddle's like, hey, do you want to watch Stranger Things later? And Bobby Lashley doesn't go like, what are you talking about, Stoner? Or like any wacky thing. Just goes, no, I've already seen it. (laughs) I've already seen it, but thanks for the offer. (laughs) I'm going to go warm up now. (laughs) Riddle's like, all right, cool. Okay, I'll I'll see you later on then. So odd. Like, again, they're Sims. <laughs> Actual dialogue. Yeah, they're Sims. Oh. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Asuka took on Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. This was a match. Sure was. I got nothing. Bliss and Asuka won. I'm not sure why Nikki and Dewdrop are heels. Or what they're doing. Like nope. they, would do, they started a story that like they were trying to get Nikki more serious. And they just haven't touched that for about two months now. But they're still a tag team got nothing also nothing with alexa and nikki in this either you know former tag team champions i guess of course not um yeah and i was just watching this being like god i mean i wish it was bliss and becky feuding like Mm -hmm. as a number one contendership thing right because what is bliss doing now they took her from doing nothing at home and now she's doing nothing on tv (laughs) i guess you know i guess it's better like they they seem to enjoy working more than not but boy there's a lateral move they then advertised Jimmy Uso versus Angelo Dawkins. Mm-hmm. I was like, Did I put her on an old episode of Raw here? Usos, hey, guess what? Cut the same Usos promo that they've been doing since they won the tag titles three years ago. Mm-hmm. And then, hey, guess what? Street Profits came out and they cut the same promo on the Usos that they did in the build-up to Money in the Bank. Are you aware that they want the smoke? Oh, well, apparently things are up. Mm. And they want the smoke. Interesting. D- did you know that they are the number twos and the Usos 
other wants. I'm really glad that they tell me this because I will Every probably forget. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they own both Smurl and SmackDown. Hmm. Anyway, the joke was on us because our truth came out, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this is." Interesting, unexpected. Unexpected, and he says he's a tag team counselor. And I was like, is this a way to try and get us back into this Street Profits are breaking up story that oh, WWE are doing, but that. the Street Profits are not doing? <laughs> <laughs> what if that's it? What if they go out, because there's only like two tag teams on this show. There are only so many tag teams in all of WWE. What if it's literally just, okay, you guys are going to go out and you're going to miscommunicate and you're going to break up. And then they go out there and they just don't do it. I said this in my editor review last week. It really feels like Street Profits look at the story like, nah, 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 I'm not doing that. not going to do that. And every week they're like, okay, cool. So this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. I forgot the spot. spot. And they'll never break up, (laughs) which I think is a brilliant idea personally. But he also is a licensed referee. So he takes off the shirt that he's wearing and he's got a referee shirt. See, they didn't even do the punchline I thought they were going to because they called him like an ass clown or something like that. I want him to pull out a certificate from clown college. Oh, yes. They called him clown ass. Yeah. Like that's so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Why wasn't that the punchline? No idea. I, I, I was certain that's where it was going. He's pulling certificates out of his pocket. He's graduated from all these places. And the certificate and they call is it... those certificates tied together. Right, like, it writes itself. <laughs> Instead, we got this match. Yeah, because then Amos comes out. <laughs> all right, okay, cool. Amos is here, I guess. MVP says Amos should be the special guest referee at SummerSlam, which is a terrible idea. You watch that man get up and down. <laughs> dreadful God. idea and then mvp suggests that Amosha should team with the usos for a six-man tag player that took 10 minutes yeah. and then they had this match the usos versus Amos. sorry the usos and Amos versus the street profits and r-truth so here's your match at SummerSlam, folks it's the usos versus the street profits and on a way to spice this up they've added truth and Amos into here truth let's not we forget is the joke comedy character from the 24-7 title picture. So who do you think Amos pinned in this match? Was it our truth It was not. That's an interesting choice. It certainly is, isn't it? Yeah, he pinned Dawkins. There's a lot of combinations you can do here of guys yeah. pinning guys or I finishes. And like, you see the finishes that get written down for this show. Count out loss for Bianca Belair. DQ in a, in a tag match for no reason. But doing something the legal. only match on this show that could have possibly required a, a, some sort of schmoz finish, they just beat the number one contenders. And I don't know why. Because they're, they're, the man that writes this show is, is out, of, out, out of his mind. And like completely it, out of his mind. But it achieves nothing other than to make a moss look tall, which we already That's knew. That's the goal. And what's a moss doing now? Like, what's, who's Amos feuding with? Why are we protecting Amos here? Why didn't we just pin our truth Truth was right there to be pinned. I have no idea why you put our truth in this match if not to beat him, and they didn't beat him. Right, this is like the most I've seen our truth wrestle yeah. in like four years. It's the most rudimentary basic booking, and they still can't get it right. And they pinned Dawkins. E- easily. The only thing that I thought would have been dumber is if he pinned Montez Ford. Yeah. Like, if, if he just pinned Montez Ford clean, I'd be like, just, I ain't got a clue. I still got got no clue. Like, the only things that may have been worse than that were, like, if R-Truth beat one of the Usos or something. <laughs> yeah, that would have been worse. But they're well, that not be- that much worse. It's pretty close. It's pretty close, yeah. Pretty close. Also, and this isn't a hot take, but 
Moss is bad. Yeah. And it's it's not him doing offense. I've realized this now when I was watching this match. Him doing offense is broadly fine. Because he's got basics. Like, all he sure. has to do is, like, knee lift. It's lit. not complicated. He's just, like, draw with a knee. Like, it's fine. It's Baron Corbin offense. You go against the ropes, you come back clubbing blow. Yep. Like, it's almost impossible to get that wrong. I could get that right. And I'm I'm me. <laughs> Amos's problem is his selling. Mm. Like, he's clearly been taught, and you need to sell like a big guy. You remember when they, t- they sent all the big guys down to NXT? They sent oh, like Keith Lee and Otis back down to NXT to learn to sell like big guys. This is what they've taught him. And the selling is just... Ooh. They're all El Gigante. And it's just like putting your hands up being like... Ooh. And it, you know, just like you, you hit him in the arm. So you grab the head and go... Ooh. And it is remarkable. Like, I'm not recommending a lot of people do this. Go back and watch this match and just watch a Moss selling. Because it is not good. No. No, it's not. And he pinned the number one contenders to the, the tag titles. Which, it's weird. But then they did the finish in the main event of this show. I'm like, well, now you're just doing this on purpose. Mm-hmm. Because we got a recap of Brock. Then we had Kevin interviewing Seth, who says Seth Rollins. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. Uh, and then Theory walked up and talked about, like, hey, you got a great money in the bank cash in. Are you, I mean, you laughed uproariously at this in the office. I did. Because he's like, wow, Seth, you had the best money in the bank cash in ever. You got any advice? How did you do it? Like, it's a big secret how money in the bank works. It's like, oh, uh, well, I waited until the main event of WrestleMania, and then I ran down, and I did it. Yeah. That's, start, stop. It's a That's secret the whole rule. thing. It's a secret rule, Tempest. Holy smokes. They didn't even bring up that these two used to be, like, a partner, you know, partnership. Oh, my God, they were. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, but- you could have done, like, something, just be like, hey, you know, you and I, we got, we had this thing, you know, want to, want to help me out, or, you know. Anything. I thought about this with um, when Austin Theory helped Grayson Waller be AJ Styles. And I'm like, shouldn't you be really mad that he got rid of your dad? <laughs> God, that was like, I don't even know how I didn't think of that. I was watching them reviewing the show at the time. <laughs> like, good Lord. Like, he ran your dad out of this company. Yeah, he killed Johnny Gargano, apparently. He did. And, like, by extension, his mum. Yeah. And, uh... Maybe further extension, brother-in-law. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like the 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 way did not survive that attack from Grayson Waller. Holy smokes! Grayson Waller in his terrible shorts. Yeah. Um, we then got our next spooky promo, but this is like the next chapter of the Edge. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what I theorized at Money in the Bank because, like, Ollie made the point is like these aren't like classic Edge feuds that I think of. The classic Edge feuds I think of are Cena. Orton, I can make fun of yourself. And I was like, well, that probably will come in another video package which focuses on ruthless aggression, right. PG era stuff. Whereas this was all attitude era feuds. And that's what we got here. This was him, like the, the three items that I noticed was John Cena, mm-hmm. Randy Orton, and Mick Foley. Yep. Yep. I, I mean, I think that's it's just exactly what it kind of is. Yeah. I don't know if there's a one after that because that is kind of the end of all of his memorable feuds. Is it just like Vicky Guerrero stuff? Yeah. <laughs> there's a wheelchair. There's always Dolph Ziggler. Maybe you do the Undertaker. You yeah, do an Undertaker his... one. That was big. Yeah, you know for sure. But yeah, I mean, I said to Adam when we saw this at uh, Money in the Bank, uh, I like the idea of him just going like, "Well, 49 now. I had my fun. This was my run." 
These are all the people I've wrestled, the best of all time. If you think you're among them, step up. That's cool. I think, and just do like have them face Finn Balor, have them face Chad Gable, have them face like whoever's left. Yeah. You know, the good workers left on the roster, and just say, I want to wrestle everybody that thinks they're great. Prove it. I like it. Uh, excuse me. Logan Paul will be on the show next week. Goody Woo! Young drops. Um, and then our main event was Bobble Splash Lee and Riddle versus Theory and Seth freaking Rollins. Nothing happened in the first half of this match until Dolph Ziggler came out. And he was wearing a suit and he's got his hair tied up. And the commentators are putting this over that this is a big Dolph Ziggler return, even though he was on TV two weeks ago in a battle royal. Yeah. And he was on TV two weeks before that, or three weeks before that, with Bobby Roode, no less, starting a feud with Amos and MVP. And he was babyface at that point. So, if you're keeping track, he went to NXT as a heel, and he won the NXT Championship, then defended that remarkably against Bron Breaker at a uh, NXT pay-per-view, then lost it to Bron Breaker on the Raw after Mania, right? Then he came back to Raw a few Never weeks Never on NXT again. Yeah, and then he came back to Raw a couple of months later with... Robert Roode has a baby face. And then he wasn't on TV. And then he appeared in the Battle Royal. And he was a heel again working with The Miz. And then he wasn't on TV for a week. And now he's back here again. And he's a baby face again. Now you might think, well, that's all terrible. And it is. However, I would argue this was a firm reset. Like the other ones, well, felt, yeah, sure. the other ones felt like you're here, so we just need you to go out there and maybe do something. Mm-hmm. This was an actual no, no, no. Here is a new character now. Right. He's those new. were those were extra roles filled by warm body. This is That's a story it. for Dolph Ziggler. That's it. This is a Dolph Ziggler story now. So this was a reset button. This is a new character, I guess, and he's starting a new program with Austin Theory, which I guess will take place after SummerSlam because I guess. he's already booked up for SummerSlam against Bobby. It's a three-way feud. Awesome. Three-way for the U.S. title. All right. And yeah, so and I guess the story here is that like Dolph is... Everyone talks about Seth's great cash-in, but no one remembers my great cash-in. I've got the greatest cash-in of all time. Um, according to Meltzer, like the reason why we're doing this is because they want Austin Theory to be their next guy, and you know the, you give him the NXT treatment. If you come up from NXT, who'd you feud with? Dolph Ziggler, because yep. he's been there for twenty years and he just knows how to do this. So put him on the road together. You wrestle him seven times a week, mm-hmm. and at the end of it, you can do the Dolph Ziggler match. And Dolph Ziggler, it's like it's what they used to do with X Park back in the day. During the Attitude Era, if you came from WCW, you got put in the ring with X Park. Max Park can get a good match out of you. Got put in the ring with Road Dog. Road Dog couldn't get anything out of you. You're probably on your keister. Jericho managed to survive it somehow, yeah. even though he had bad matches with both of them. And then they just put him in the ring with Bob Holly to be pissed <laughs> out of him. <laughs> Sandbagged him with China. <laughs> but that's what they're doing here. They're just putting him in there with Ziggler so he can, quote unquote, learn how to work. Sure. Here's my issue with all of this. You know how, like, at the end of the 2000s, we were starting to hear a lot of like, well, we need to start building new stars because so-and-so isn't going to be on forever. The Triple H's, the Shawn Michaels, the Undertaker's, those type of names. Where These guys are going to start to get, you know, ushered out the door. Little did we know that Undertaker was going to stick around for 14 more years. And Triple H for that point. He was, yeah. he was champion six years later. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but in theory, these things were supposedly wrapping up. Shawn Michaels wasn't long for the wrestling world. And you get a few years past that, and you get to, like, 2013, 2014, and we're now, like, Daniel Bryan gets hurt, and CM Punk quits, and no, now, like, the stars that you'd 
lucked into have both been taken off the board. And then it's really like, well, we need to make these new stars. And now here we are even further down the line, and instead we've still never made these stars, and now the star that we keep bringing back is Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> and that is your big go-off-the-air angle. After the last 15 years of how you've treated him, how you've presented him, he's now your big star, big angle guy. That's really bad. <laughs> but I think it's, it's, mis- it's mis-effect. Yeah. He's been there for so long. People are like, oh, he must be a star. He's been there forever. I, I Yeah, the 1.5 million people watching think that now. Yeah. That's it. Well, yeah. I, that's I, all right, I guess. And the ones that all stopped watching disagree. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's like, the point, though. Like, that is, he's now one of the guys that is in an upper tier because the upper tier got deleted. They've yeah. all retired or been fired or whatnot. Dolph Ziggler has worked his way up this company ladder, but he's still Dolph Ziggler. He's still presented like Dolph Ziggler. Still doesn't matter because he's Dolph Ziggler. And we're meant to now care about him again. And, I mean, if they manage to pull off some incredible storyline here with Dolph Ziggler, more power to them. I I, I don't have any faith that they're going to because I've, I've seen this story go before, but I do not think... That Dolph Ziggler being your big go off, go off the air angle in 2022 is a very good statement about your product. I've just come up with this, so it may need some workshopping. Mm-hmm. But uh, but allow me to to present to you my Please. analogy. Yes, Dolph Ziggler's WWE career is a game of snakes and ladders mm-hmm. that has one ladder and one snake, but that they both reach and sort of go from the same spot. Mm-hmm. So he starts on the bottom. And just spends all of his time on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And then he reaches this ladder at the end of the board that shoots him right up to the last place. Mm -hmm. But also on that is a snake that takes him right back down to square one again. Mm -hmm. And he just is in this triangle loop where he's like, I'm no one, I'm no one, I'm no one, I'm no one, I'm no one. I'm a main eventer. I'm no one, I'm no one, I'm no one, I'm no one, I'm no one. I'm a main eventer. I'm back down. No one, no one, no one, no one. And that is the Dolph Ziggler run. Yeah. And I would argue that's not a good way to book a top star. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. <laughs> and, you know, he was NXT champion not that long ago. Um, <sighs> anyway, that was yeah. the show. That yeah, was all right. It was nothing. It was nothing. Like, Brock Lesnar was the most interesting thing on the show, and he was yeah. there for the first 20 minutes, and he F5'd Otis. That is it. Like, I didn't the promo it. was good. I didn't hate the show. No, like, not it, ju- not. it just was nothing. Wrestling was all right. Yes. Most of the wrestling was fine. Bad finishes, but actually the in-ring action was broadly fine. Yeah. But, you know, it was totally fine. I gave it three out of five, but it's kind of a... Yeah, it's, I don't know. Two out of five is, like, my lower end of average, and that's kind of what I felt like this was. Just a yeah. two out of five, nothing, you know, a bang average episode of Raw. Yeah, I gave it three because, ah, uh, Brock. Yeah. Well, yeah, five donors through a table. I had, yeah. I had fun doing that. That, it that would be worth bumping it up a full point just on that alone. Uh, can we all also welcome back Mod Mother, everyone? Yes. Woo! Where missed having mud mother around mother. i mean really we're like this this place fell apart without you here like i had to do so much extra <laughs> stuff and i was real bad at it mud mother so thank you so much for being back here we love you very much uh can we have our poll go up please what did you think of this show four out of four three out of four two out of four one out of four the poll will be going up very very shortly thank you mod mother you're the best
Uh, we have got some Patreon shoutouts to do beforehand, though, while uh, that is being posted up. Let me quickly fill for time while I get them. And These are for our $25 and above you. backers on Patreon. So if you want a fun wrestling nickname read on a show just like this one, make sure you go over to Patreon where you can subscribe at the $25 tier and get one listed out just like this. Indeed. Also, the poll is now finished for WrestleTalk Extra. Ooh, yes. And this month, it's me and Tempest doing the review, and we will be reviewing WCW. Bash at the Beach, 1996. A show that had nothing of importance on it. Nope, I can't think of anything important in wrestling history uh, that could possibly have happened on that show. Nope. Nothing. It'll po be fun. Possibly the most pivotal pay-per-view of the 90s. I, I mean, probably, mm. I would say... I probably... Top two, I'd say. That and Survivor Series, 97. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I suppose you're right. I was, yeah. I think in terms of like creating a ground, like yeah, creating something that changed because it's doing something on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> it's doing it. For, uh, yes, probably number that one. That is it. That is exactly it. Thank you. That that did something purposefully to make the product better. Yeah. Because Survivor Series accidentally lucked into <laughs> something that made the product better. Uh. But like '96 was actively designed to make a show better. So you could make the argument of like, you know, the last three really big pivotal pay-per-views, probably 96, Bash of the Beach, Survivor Series 97, all in. Yeah. You could possibly make the argument of WrestleMania X7, but because mm. he was like the, the best WrestleMania of all time. Right. And what, like, yeah, and it was of the, course. End, the end of WCW yeah. and this and the other, but I think they, those might be the three biggest pay-per-views of the last 20, 30 years. Most significant would most probably, significant, yeah. you could make that argument for sure. Yeah. So this is like one of the most top three significant pay-per-views ever. And we're going to review it in full. We're going to be looking at the wrestling observers from that period of time as well. And yes, we'll talk about Mabel as the third man. <laughs> and actually tell oh, you what okay. happened. Conrad. But as uh, Tempest was saying earlier, if you are one of our $25 above more pledge hammers on Patreon, you get your name read out on the show like these fine folks. Ooh, Kingslayer. I'm at the wrong week. I you forgot the date. All the time. I did. <laughs> I forgot what day. I don't know what day of the week it is half the time. Colin McLeaner than Finn Balor. Who yeah. wants to walk with Daniel Elias Chrysler? Yeah. Daniel Potus Lee. David ain't no shrimp Camilleri. Yeah. Send me to heaven, Evan Reich. Yeah. The Findicator, Finn Brennan. Yeah. Always shining, Garrett Albright. Yeah. General Jimmy G. Yeah. Hannah A. Baby. The Geordie bus driver, Harry. Yeah. The overstepper, James Nepper. And murderous James Murta. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. Thank you all so much for being wonderful pledge hammers on Patreon. I am super duper excited to review Bachelor I'm Beach. Nice to do a, do a long oh, review with and you. And it's going to be a long ass show as well. Yeah. If you haven't listened to a Rest Talk Extra before, they tend to run about three to four hours. Mm. So we go deep. I'm excited. I'm excited. It should be fun. Uh, I haven't but, done a Rest Talk Extra since like like two years ago. I was going to say, you guessed, it, yeah, you guessed it on the Dominion one just yeah. for the main event when we did Kenny versus Omega. Yeah. yeah. Kenny versus Omega, you say? Yes. And, and Okada was also there. Yeah. Because <laughs> really, when you think about it, that first fall was Kenny versus yeah. himself. <laughs> <laughs> His own mind. He's not wrong. 
lot of your ultra chats here. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Ding, ding, ding. This is your final call. Riot DR says, Rey Mysterio is probably the most famous luchador worldwide and one of the greatest influences to any wrestler under 230 pounds. Dominic needs to be separated from Rey because people can't seem to help but compare the two. A mountain of a measuring stick. I mean, yeah. Also, his hair is dumb. They also wrestle nothing alike, you know, or they try to wrestle alike, but Dominic is significantly larger than Rey Mysterio, and I think it would just help him to have his own style a little bit. Uh, Radia continues, well, the drop in Nikki ASS um, has said, has smashed and rolled aside in what felt like two minutes by a thrown together tag team, albeit Alexa Bliss and the Great Asker. It's almost as if they don't care about that women's tag division. And according to Sean Rossap and the Bikeville Select backstage report, those tag titles are probably gone. You know, it's a shame, but I'm not upset about it. Not upset about it, because look at the last WrestleMania matches we had out of it. We're just like multiple fatal four ways with usually thrown together tag yeah. teams, one of which will have Natalia in it. Yep. Like, it, they were nothing. They're belts. nothing. Get rid of the NXT women's tag titles at the same time or have one set of belts for all the brands. I don't care. All right, yeah, like I've said before, Kevin Owens makes all crappy angles good. Ezekiel didn't actually have a character aside from being zeked up and being dressed like Lex Luger. I have selective secret. Also, I have I hate selective secret rules. If the ref had tried to count five, I defended, but nope. Well, that's a different rule, you see. That's a, that's a five <laughs> count to get out of the ring as opposed it, it, to stop attacking the person in the ring. That's exactly totally it. different. Uh, Liam Leonard said, Finn finally won. Am I in an alternate universe? Other than that, I really didn't care for Raw. I love to get invested in matches, but when they're good, WWE go, ah, shoot, this match is too good. We need a screwy finish. <laughs> jam that jam. Let's go, King Tempest. It's Lord Tempest. I'm a Lord of Scotland. And Blakey says, Champer is involved because he did it for the Miz. One day I will get another joke. Blakey, I don't <laughs> want you to ever change that joke. Tudor says, hey guys, imagine this. SummerSlam 2022, where the change happens. Theory wins it all. Bianca wins. Liv wins. Profit wins. Braun debuts. Walter wins. Uh, I mean, I could see Bianca winning and Liv winning. I could see the Profits winning, maybe. Yeah, I don't think... I yeah, profits maybe. It doesn't matter is the thing. Like the yeah. the characters of the bloodline are no longer really tied to like having these belts. Like they haven't changed since winning the second set. It's because Roman was so desperate for them to go get those belts yeah. that he stopped them getting the belts for that one pay-per-view cycle. Yeah. They sure did. Alright, DR, I love Seth Rollins. Dude was starting staring at Theory's briefcase, like I stare at pizza during fast. Also, Riddle seems happy with teaming up with the only champion he can challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of champions, who is the 24-7 champion, and where is the 24-7 champion? Now, the last I heard, it was Dewdrop, but apparently it isn't anymore. So I'm going to go into Wikipedia. And Not a clue. Out. I was expecting to see this belt on this show and didn't, and wasn't going to complain about it. I'm going to guess it's, it's come. The fact that Dana Brooke wasn't on the show makes me think it was. Pr it's probably her. Hmm. It is still Dana Brooke. So uh, on July 9th, Carmella won it from Dana Brooke. Then Dana Brooke won it from Carmella. Then Carmella, Carmella won it the day after at a house show. And then Dana Brooke won it back at that house show for her eighth run with the belt. Cool. Oh my god, that was only two days ago. Yeah, this thing's just happening. Carmella's in a feud with Bianca Belair on TV. Like, why are you doing house shows where she's winning the joke title? Why would you pin the Street Profits? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, Dana Brooke also 
is now um, <laughs> she's got the second highest combined days as oh, champion. Wow. 218 days combined as champion over eight runs. I love that Rob Gronkowski is still number five on that list. <laughs> Just took it and left. Yeah, I love also this from Wikipedia. The exact reign of at least one of these tight runs is uncertain. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, our boy. truth is the most he's got 53 wins possibly 54 but they don't know uh with 425 days combined right because they're not sure when wrestlemania 36 was filmed man there's weird names the gobbledygooker is one of them mm-hmm. who the hell's rob stone uh there's one guy that just wanted at espn or something like that oh that's right i remember that yeah there's like an office worker that won it. Yeah, Michael yeah. G. <laughs> For a second then, I thought it was like the composer guy. I was yeah. like, wait, he won? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Kyle Bush? He's the driver. Yeah, he's the he's he was a guest host of Raw at one point. Gerald Briscoe. Doug? Doug Flutie? Oh my god, Doug Flutie was 24-7 champion, former Toronto Argonauts quarterback, Doug Flutie. Yeah, yeah. He's a Heisman winner. Yeah. He's a, he's a good football player. Joseph Anfridge. <laughs> I thought that was Curtis Axel's name. No, apparently it's as Boog, Spugenhagen. I know, I was making a, J, a joke because When Mr. was he Perfect. Joe Anfridge? Oh. Yeah. oh, uh yeah, there were that was in the commercial. The average Joe commercial where he's a workout dude and they won the, the title. Yeah, he did a bit. You know how WWE guys will like dress up as like Colonel Sanders or whatever? Right. He did a workout commercial and he was Joe Average. And I they had see. him win the title during a commercial. I see. Bad Bunny had that belt as well. He did. Thank God for the Miz. Yeah. <laughs> Without the Miz, he might not have won that. Uh, anywho, um, Van Dalian 1998 said, I might be wrong, but I think the last time Dolph was relevant was Survivor Series 2014. Correct. <laughs> and when he pinned three guys, but well, even then it was forgotten about a month or two later. Yeah, that that really should have been a big moment for Dolph. Yep. And actually it was just a big moment for Sting. Yep. So he could lose to Triple H at WrestleMania, so Triple H could have a big moment. I would argue the last time he was relevant was No Mercy 2016 when he beat The Miz for the Intercontinental Championship and like the great match that they had the I, one see the thing is like i look at that match this is a good analogy i look at that match the same way i look at top gun maverick mm. top gun maverick is annoyingly good mm-hmm. in that it actually makes the first movie retrospectively look good yeah because top gun's not a good movie but top gun maverick is so so great it has retroactively made the first one look good that mismatch with dolph ziggler has retroactively made people think that Miz has always been good. Absolutely. Because whenever I bring up Miz is bad, people go like, oh, oh I, I that, that run in 2016, which was six years ago, last week. And it was one good match. It was one good match. And one and good a, promo. And one good promo on Talking Smack. If either of those two things don't happen, we don't hear about that run. Yeah. But, so but both of those things happened within like a month of each other. That like, match, Damn is, it. It match is the Top Gun Maverick of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, legit underboss said i just want to say this i want the usos to pick sammy as the special guest referee only for him to screw it up and cost the titles that's legit a great underboss, idea that is great i've been thinking that like solo sokoa would be the referee or something that is a much better idea yeah. i love that i'm gonna hot tag across to you absolutely so jack nichols comes in says that monkey paw analogy <laughs> hits hard says my wildest dreams all came true and they were all shite 
Indie faves are afterthoughts. Balor was Balor was a nine to time. I don't know what that means. Let's say so. Jack Nichols, if you don't listen to the podcast intro and outros, uh, him and his group of friends have what they call the Tatanka scale because Tatanka is like the nicest guy they ever met at a wrestling right. show. I got so you. Get, basically, you get ranked out of Tatankas. So he's, ah, he's a nine on the Tatanka scale. I see. Very good. Great matches that don't matter. NXT call ups kill NXT and are obsolete. Great women's division, but the Vince stuff. Yeah, it's Man. rough in it. Yeah. And Jack Nichols says, Luke, you should do an actually good episode on The Miz. Prove your point with science. Maybe throw in a where uh, where are they now on Miz Dow, The Miztourage, and John Morrison to really get some salt on that wound. Yeah, all those people that The Miz elevated, <laughs> the B team, Miztourage. Take care, he says. Also, Pete's recent vid ruled. That's very true. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you go and check out Pete's vid about why Roman Reigns isn't working on the main Russell Talk Challenge. It is excellent. Miz, Miz was also on the list to do actually good, a good video about, and I was really looking forward to it because I could have easily proven my point. Yeah. Yeah, you could have. Yeah, yeah. Two-star man. <laughs> He's a two-star guy. And that's fine. And it's fine. It's absolutely fine. I just can't have people be telling me that he's more than a two-star man. No. I, I disagree. Every company needs a two-star wrestler. Sure. And that's The Miz. Yeah. It's a perfect little role for you, Daniel. Uh, <laughs> Charles Berg says, Fall Guys is fun. I, too, enjoy the Jelly Bean Obstacle Course from time to time, but this hurts my head. Uh, it's, it's frankly not very kind. And I'm a little disappointed with the Russell talk staff for not playing with Luke. I bet you $5. You'll love it. I'll play. I'll play the game. I've been Tempest. Everyone says this on the podcast and then come tomorrow. No one will actually do it. Boot up the game and I'll sit down and play it. I never make that choice. I'm fine <laughs> with whatever the choice is. And Nathan Portwoman says, hey, guys, how are y'all doing? I hope the rest of your week goes well. Good vibes your way. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you all so much for your generous Ultra Chats on this show. Uh, let's get the end of the results here. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us. Please do press that thumbs up button. Press subscribe if you haven't already. And the results are in. 6% of the poll voted for 4 out of 4. 18% voted 3 out of 4, 22% voted 1 out of 4, and 53% over half voted for 2 out of 4. I think that's accurate. I think that's fairly accurate as well. We do have some emails uh, Ooh, that I would very like nice. to uh, go through. Let me just quickly load these up now. Doop a doop 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 doop. One second. I could have done this beforehand. Of course. Why would we ever do a podcast prepared? <laughs> what fun is that? Oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there is a question specifically for you from Kenny that says, Hi, WrestleTalk team. First, I just want to send a quick thanks to the great content that you guys are putting out. Helps me get through my week and it's much more, and puts me in a very pleasant mood. I had a non-wrestling question that I wanted to direct to the team's former resident Canadian Tempest. Firstly, congrats to your UK move. Thank but you. seeing you show up in the studio for the Forbidden Door reactions, it was awesome. Here's my dilemma. Now, you're in the UK. Let's spell that with an N. Dilemma. My wife and I are in the very early stages of considering a move to the uh, move out of the US. We're in Pennsylvania. We've actually been discussing it on and off for a while, but having two kids, 12 and 8, and the current environment here has accelerated those thoughts. For many reasons, Canada keeps coming up as our preferred option. We know it kind of sucks everywhere at the moment, but we're a bit partial to North America. 
So my question is, if you had two kids and you could move to Canada, where would you go? We're leaning towards Ontario. It's convenient and it's a little familiar with it already, but I'm open to options since it's going to take a long while. Uh, since it's going to take a long while. Is there a specific town or suburb you think is better than most? Now, a couple of folks are from up there, but since you recently lived there, let's see what you thought. Appreciate your thoughts and no worries if you're unable to answer. Still a fan of all the work you do. Take care. The cleaner, Kenny Shah. Thank you, Kenny Shaw. I mean, it. There's a lot of factors because I mean, I would not. I would never recommend moving to Toronto. The city is a hellhole. <laughs> you know, like I lived there my entire life. I can say that. Um, that being said, it's the biggest one. It's where all the jobs are. What about Vancouver? Vancouver is also very nice. Also very expensive. So I budgeting and everything would be a key concern. Obviously, if you can just kind of like buy a nice house or even not even just like if you have money to spend on an apartment, on a house, whatnot, Vancouver's a very nice place to live. Very I, nice. I went to Vancouver a few years back and my first thought was like, oh, I could see why this subs is New York in, right. uh, in movies and TV shows because this just feels like not New York, but it is New York. Right. And as far as Ontario goes, I mean, suburbs and everything, once you get outside, well, you've got Toronto, and then you've got a wider circle that's the GTA, and there's some debate about whether where the GTA, the Greater Toronto Area, stops. And then you have the Golden Horseshoe. And the Golden Horseshoe is basically everything that goes around Lake Ontario, because mm -hmm. you have to drive down, you know, the bottom of the Golden Horseshoe is like Niagara Falls and, and stuff like that, and the top of it is like Oshawa and everything that's much further east from Toronto than than most other places. Um, it all depends on really what you want to be around. Like there are some really expensive ass places. Like Mississauga is very nice. It's also very expensive. So maybe, maybe not. Otherwise, like you really do kind of have to travel a ways outside of Toronto to find affordable living. Yeah. And then it becomes like, well, how far out do you want to go? You know, because I think that like Pickering is a really nice place. Chris Van Vliet is from Pickering. He'll back me up on that. It's where a bunch of my family lives. Very nice place. A little bit out of the way. But that's just kind of what you're going to have to do if you're going to move to Toronto and not pay out the ass. I think it's the same thing if you move to the UK. Like, yeah, you mm. buying in London is really, really expensive. Yeah. Uh, like we were, like we used to have a place in London and then we wanted to upscale because we wanted to start a family and that just was not possible. Not even yeah. in the area that we were in. We were already, we had to buy way outside of London. We were like zone six, seven. We were right at the end of the central line yeah. to the point where some of our friends just flat out refused to come around to us because they were like, it's too far for me to go. Yeah. Uh, lazy bastards. Um, so we couldn't, we could either buy around there, but even then we couldn't even afford that side of areas, mm. which means we couldn't afford to buy inside of London. Right. Like, you know, if I would have been able to, I, I could have bought a three bed flat in Hackney Wick, which mm -hmm. is where we, you know, where we work, but it would have cost me like 250 grand more than my yeah. house did that I bought. So which is why we had to move outside of London. I had to yeah. move to Kent. And that is again, the argument of like, how far were we willing to travel in? Right. So I now have an hour and a half's drive, but it also meant that I could buy a house that was actually worth the money that I was paying for. Exactly. And these are all the sort of things that you just have to consider in a move. And I have no doubt that you would, you know, consider all of your factors and everything. But yeah, like Pickering has a place for me because a lot of my family's from there and still lives there. And it's very nice. Otherwise, you want to keep going further. 
Aurelia is really nice. It's much further away. That's like two hours with no traffic outside of Toronto. But yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of a lot of the suburbs in, around Toronto. So it's hard for me to give many more of these uh, recommendations. But if you, if you keep going, like Peterborough's pretty nice. Uh, Caledon's pretty nice. But these places are not like what I would consider the greater Toronto area at that point. Uh, I, I've been through Golden. Mm -hmm. and I thought Golden was beautiful. Uh, that That's a real like railway town. Yes. I mean, my, that's like one of my personal goals. Like when I'm 65 oh. and older, I'm just going to move to like a small town in Northern Ontario because there's so many nice ones. Like you drive up Highway 60 and you can literally just hit like any of those towns. And that's where I would like to settle down at some point. Like. <laughs> That's my retirement plan. Anyway, Kenny, I hope that answers your question, and I hope you all enjoyed listening to this podcast. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, do get in touch with your email, support at wrestletalk.com. Back tomorrow, SB3 and Sat Iniangi will be re uh, reviewing NXT 2.0. Then myself and Oliver Davis, reunited, will do the AEW podcast on Thursday. Thank you all so much for listening, everyone. We will see you soon. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.